Welcome to Town Tai. When I first arrived in New Zealand, Kia ora, they said, and all I could do was look at them blankly. This greeting, so common to locals, gave me first taste of language barrier. So, I'm Jack, the host of this show. In this first episode, I invited two of my friends, Swan and Liam, to reflect on their first experiences of coming to New Zealand as international students facing language barriers, explore what truly defines a language barrier, and dive into the causes behind them. I believe listening to this episode will give you a more comprehensive understanding of the language barrier faced by international students, whether or not you have been heard of this before. So let's start with our guest introduction first. Hi, my name is Suan, and I'm from Sri Lanka, and my main language is Sinhalese. Uh, hi, my name is Liam, and I'm from the United States, and my main language is U.S. English. Yeah, when I first came to New Zealand, English wasn't a really big issue because I was taught in English back in Sri Lanka. But like some of the like New Zealand slang or terms, I didn't really understand. Like Mufti Day, I didn't know that meant like you had to wear colored on the day of school, and phrases like meanness or chur. Those took a while for me to understand what it actually meant. Did you have any experience like that? Yeah, definitely. Coming here to New Zealand, I experience some bit of a language barrier. Definitely, a lot of the English is more like a British, and there were certain words that you know professors have said or people would say in lingo, and a lot of like slang, like you were saying, that I would hear it and just I have no idea what that means.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the most part, it was more of the Maori language over here that I I still struggle learning and like understanding what it means. Certain phrases like kiora and stuff like that. It's easy to misunderstand a lot of Maori stuff for me because I don't know how to pronounce it, and I don't want to like make the mistake of butchering and then offending people. Yeah, definitely the pronunciation of places and of like cities, even of the school name. Um, was definitely something very intimidating. I didn't want to like offend anyone.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember getting emails before I came to New Zealand,、um, and seeing them like signed off or addressed with like Yoda, and I remember not knowing what that meant and having to look it up. Yeah, that was like I think I'm still like learning about that language. Like,、um, especially being in New Zealand for so long, I should like have some kind of understanding of how that language goes. For the most part, the NZ on New Zealand English found it pretty easy to adapt to. It's more of like a chilled, casual English, like very short spoken, but like also like not very strict or formal, is what I got from it. Yeah, it's definitely seems like a lot less formal. It honestly reminds me a lot of、uh, Hawaiian English, yeah, Pacific Islander,、mm-hmm. and that kind of laid back more. Especially because I'm、um, like New Zealand, surrounded by the Pacific Islands as well, so that could have an influence on it as well. Um, as far as my experiences of it here in New Zealand and how that shaped my definition, I think the big thing is just inclusivity. And when there is that language barrier, and you kind of feel like excluded from a conversation or from ex- instructions, maybe someone doesn't realize that you don't understand some of the slang or whatnot that was used. Um, I think that's a big part of how the language barrier impacts people. Yeah, now I use more of New Zealand English than what I learned back in Sri Lanka. It's more casual, more chilled, shorter words for some reason. 
but it's like I've had a good time like understanding how New Zealanders use language. I mean English, adapting to it in New Zealand. I haven't noticed it, but I hear people say that New Zealand people tend to talk faster than using English compared to others. I haven't noticed, but I guess I won't say I haven't missed out on anything big because most of my like I was around people that spoke English mostly because I was an international student. It was mostly either English or like. Asian English, I guess. Yeah, I haven't had any massive uh, missouts. It's mostly about more of the Maori language than English language for me personally. Same for me. As far as the primary cause, though, um, kind of what we went into with slang and like speed of talking, that's definitely a big factor, especially if English isn't your first language. You know, talking really fast as well as using slang that you're not necessarily familiar with. Fortunately, though, I've yet to. Offend someone through English or the Maori language. I think I've done well adapting to it so far. Like everyone I've talked with, so um, I managed to have a decent conversation even when I first came to New Zealand. I don't speak much in Maori, so that's also another thing. But I think the main cause for even having a language barrier this in the first place is if you are knowledgeable about that language or like have some kind of research, you'll be fine adapting to it. But also, it's pretty hard to learn a language. Compared to anything else, I respect for people that speak like twelve languages. I can only do two. Yeah, I definitely would say as as far as experiencing a language barrier, de- definitely the hardest part for me coming here because English is my first language, um, and so I didn't like confute not understanding people.、Um, the words wasn't as big of an issue. It was more the cultural differences, and there was just certain. Cultural references that people would make, I just wouldn't understand because I've never experienced something like that. Yeah, I can agree with that as well. I I would say I misunderstood those ones at the start when I came to New Zealand. Definitely, as far as avoiding being misunderstood, body language and like an in intention and tone with your words is definitely I found to be very important. Even if you accidentally say a phrase that isn't has a different meaning. In your home country, that your body language and your tone can definitely be helpful. I know there was one time I said, like tease, but meaning like banter with someone,、uh, because、yeah. in the U.S. we would use tease as that,、uh, and、right. it was taken <laughs> not in the way I intended it to be at all. Yeah, there's like certain words like different meanings in different countries. I know in Australia, tea means like dinner for some people, and like obviously in the US, it's gossip. You mentioned now you sort of speak a different English than you used to. Would you say like your personality at all has shifted with that change, or my personality is just the same? But it suited the New Zealand side of English because I'm very casual, I'm chilled. I don't really not very outgoing. I was like my personality fitted the New Zealand English style, so yeah, I didn't change much. What about you? Yeah, I'd probably say about the same. I was already kind of more casual, not super like outgoing, more casual, laid back kind of person. So the this style of English kind of suits me. A lot of the slang and whatnot is kind of used in the contexts that I would normally use them in already. What about um pronunciation? Because I know like US has different pronunciations to most other English. How did you find that when you moved to New Zealand? As far as for me, I had already because second language I speak French, and so I did already have experience just with language and whatnot,、um, and so I was able to pick on the stuff, pick up what I didn't know already pretty quickly. But there were definitely like some pronunciations 
So I would just like ask Kiwis how to say words just because I would want to say it in a correct way. But because you don't want to offend someone, it could mean something else if you spoke it differently. Yeah, I had to change my pronunciation a bit too because the Sri Lankan style of English. Also, like the people or how you learn English affects your pronunciation too. So, like, someone speaks like okay English and you're influenced by them, you might pick up on that. So being surrounded by New Zealand, or like Kiwis in general, helped me improve my pronunciation to like that New Zealand style of English. So that was really helpful too. So do you have any ideas on what what you think the root kind of cause of language barrier is? For English in general, I think it's pretty. A lot of people, it's pretty common nowadays to know English with like social media and learning apps. I wouldn't say there's a cause because, like, different countries speak different languages, different pronunciations, different dialects. Like, India, for example, is one country, but they have, like, 300 languages in that one country. So it's mostly, like, if you're interested in language, you'll go learn it from an English perspective. But if you're going to a country and they speak a different language compared to your first language, you should definitely learn it before going over. So that's... It's more convenient for you to, like, go around and conversate with people or, like, find your directions. Because one of the biggest things from language barriers is finding your directions in another country or ordering food or talking to someone else. But I guess if I had to say a cause, it would be not understanding your situation. Or like, yeah, if you're definitely planning on moving or settling down in a country that doesn't speak your main language, you should definitely learn it before going or have some kind of understanding before moving it. I think definitely knowing the culture of the place is very helpful in avoiding uh, language barriers. If the first language of that country that you're going to isn't the same as your own, learning at least a little bit of that language enough so you can get around and communicate uh, basic conversation, pretty important to learning the culture of the place. At least the basics you should have down. And, like, maybe, like, their most important cultural references and, like, um, stuff that legal to do there that might be illegal in your country or that's illegal in their country that you would do. Like, I've seen some crazy stuff on social media, foreigners going to other countries. Language very goes more than just the language. It could be, like, cultural, religious connection as well. Like, I've seen some singers go to, like, religious places and take pictures it could be legal over in their country but it wasn't legal in that country and then they got banned for that so yeah it's definitely good to do your research before going yeah thank you for inviting us to attend yeah thank you too as my first time doing a language podcast i've never done before so it's kind of weird so far we've come to the end of our first episode of tongue type as we learn from swan salim's personal experiences for international students, the language barrier isn't just about not understanding words. It's about not understanding the context, cultural references, or even the emotion behind those words. It's about feeling left out when everyone around you laughs at a joke or reference that you didn't catch. And in academic context, it's about takes more effort to convey and listen to knowledge and ideas accurately and effectively. And these are what we have been going through. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. If this episode resonated with you, or if you think it might be enlightening for someone you know, please don't hesitate to share it. 
We also welcome your thoughts, feedback, and any personal stories you'd like to share related to language barrier. Let's keep in touch and see you next time.